sure love for you to go. All right. Does anybody have anything before we get started? No? Okay. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. Nehemiah chapter 3. We're still preaching on the subject of road to revival. And we're sure looking forward to that day when we do experience revival. So in Nehemiah chapter 3, and we'll read one verse here this, this uh, evening. And if you would, in honor of God's Word, let's stand to our feet. And uh, we sure lost a lot of people in the lunch there. Man, don't bring that kind of food no more. So uh, anyway, Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 6 says, Moreover, the old gate repaired by Jehoda, the son of Beziah, the Meslulam, the son of Besladai. They laid the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof and the locks thereof and the bars thereof. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, already for just the time we've had together today. And it's been good. <clears throat> it's been good to hear about our Savior. It's been good, dear God, to see our Savior's God and to see that God has come to the cross and died for the sins of many, Lord, and that he might be our substitute and our sacrifice. Father, thank you for the salvation of our souls. We pray you now you'd open our eyes up toward this, this thought of revival and, Lord, what it might require and what it might take. And so this, this evening, dear God, we're going to be talking about the old gate. And God, may it help us today, Lord, to live for Jesus. God, lead and guide us today in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so we have, uh, we have talked about, studied on, preached on the two other gates prior to this gate. And we talked about the sheep gate. The sheep gate representing you're going to build up the Savior. We talked about the mindset of the gate is this this evening. is this gate that's broken down, this gate that's burned up, uh, this gate that's not operational. And it's the sheep gate. And the sheep gate's going to represent the Lord Jesus Christ, His sacrifice is going to represent our Savior. It's going to represent our salvation and that we need to build up that gate. In our lives, we need to always remember of His sacrifice. Always don't forget about when you got saved and where you come from. Don't forget about the sins that have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Every day, we're going to be thanking God for that Calvary. Thanking God for the cross of, of what He done for us on that day of that time. We cannot let our salvation become boring. Let our salvation become ignoring. Allow, allow our salvation not be part of our daily life and walk. Every time we are to pray and praise God, we ought to give Him praise for what He done on the cross of Calvary. We ought to give Him the praise of all that He is in the way of the Savior. Of the way that He done in the way of sacrifice and substitute for us. The way that he became a servant and became a farm of a servant. We need to make sure that we build up our sheep gate. If we're going to have revival, Jesus is going to have to be exalted. If we're going to have revival, our salvation is going to have to be honored unto the Lord. And we talked about secondly was the fish gate. Whenever the fish gate is mentioned, it's talking about building up your witness. Building up your testimony. Building up your testifying about we're going to have to make sure that in our lives that we're going to have to build up our fish gate, and that is that we're going to have to go out and reach the world with the gospel. We're going to have to tell our friends and family about Jesus. We're going to have to give them the hope that's within us. 
We're going to have to make sure that in our lives and in our hearts uh, that we are telling others, praying for others, crying for others, burdened for others, that others may come to know Jesus Christ like we know Jesus Christ, like we have today the peace and the joy that's in our hearts today. No, we still have the troubles that we, we all have. We still go through the difficulties of life. We still have hurts and pains, but yet we find a joy in Jesus. We find that there's help in God. We find today that living for Christ and living for the Lord is no greater life to live than to live that life. Even though, even though we might find difficult days, He's with us in those days. Even though we might cry because things are painful, He's with us while we cry. Every time we find ourselves down, He's there to lift us up. I just say, we need to give the world what we have. We need to build up our fish gate. We got to begin to pass out tracts. We got to begin to tell others tonight about Jesus while you're having your Christmas party. You got to tell others tomorrow as on the Christmas day about the birth of the Savior. We got to begin to tell others and everyone about the lovely name of Jesus. We got to build up our fish gate. We find the third gate that's in, the, that's in line here is called the old gate. The old gate. Now, we're not going to build the old gate. If you notice in verse 6, the Bible says, the old gate repaired. And so we find that in the sheep gate it was built. We find in the fish gate it was built. But here in the old gate, it's going to be repaired. And, and we're going to talk about that for just a moment, uh, about why is it different. Why is this gate repaired rather than rebuilt? And we're going to have a purpose for that, and it's going to be important us to understand the old gate. How do we apply this gate to our lives today? Like we did the sheep gate. Like we did the fish gate. The old gate. Uh, is it something that you and I need to pay much attention to? And I would say yes, especially in the days that we live now. I want you to notice number one, recognizing the old gate. We've got to come to a place in our Christian walk that we're going to recognize it. That means we read it in verse 6, but we read it not only just to have it in our minds, but to read it to have it in our lives. And that is our old gate needs to be repaired. And so in recognizing this, I want to show you three things about, the, about the, uh, recognizing the old gate. Number one, the old gate was the entrance into the temple or the entrance into the city. Uh, this is where people came in to the city. They, walked, they didn't walk through the sheep gate. They didn't go through the fish gate. Fishermen went through there. Uh, sheep and the sellers of sheep and the buyers of sheep went to the sheep gate. But the old gate is how you get in. Everybody went through the old gate. Everybody who come into the city, everybody's coming into the temple would walk through the old gate. And so that's why it's so important, the entrance of it. Now, inside of the temple, uh, that this entrance would come through the old gate. Of course, what's at the temple, though? Why is that so important? Well, it's because it's the place of God. The temple is. And Fred, if you're ever going to find the place of God in your life, you're going to have to go through the old gate. If you're ever going to find that's where God wants you at, you want God's will at in your life, you want to find that, you know what, where do I belong? Where is my life at today? You want to say it's through the old gate because that's where the place of God is. In order for me to get to where God's at, i got to go through the gate. i got to repair the gate so I can get in it. Amen? Because my old gate's broken down or my old gate's not right. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not the way it ought to be. I'm going to have to repair that gate so I can get to the place of God. 
And I would say in your heart today, everybody's a child of God. You want to be where God wants you to be, don't you? I want to go to the church He wants me to go to. I want to be married to whom He wants me to be married to. I want to work where He wants me to work. I want to do what He wants me to do. I want, he, I want, him to, I want to be what He wants me to be. Just the place of God, that's the most comfortable place. That's the most happy place. That's the most joyful place is the place of God. And the temple is that place where the place of God was. I tell you something else about going into the temple to the old gate. It was the peace of God. The Bible said that Jerusalem, right, is about peace. And, and we find that Salome means peace. And, and uh, we find that uh, if we're ever going to find peace in our lives, you're going to have to go through the old gate to get to the temple. Then get to the place where God is. And then when you get to the place where God is, there's peace there. There's peace that passes all understanding. There's peace there. There's the peace of God. There, there's the peace in God. And I find that today that a majority of people don't have peace. Uh, they're looking for peace. They're trying to get peace. There's no peace in their marriage. No peace in their home. No peace at work. No peace at, at church. No peace in things about uh, marriages and about children, about family members. Everywhere you go, there's fighting. Everywhere you go, there's contention. Wherever you go, there's arguing. Wherever you go, there's people want to tell you what to do and how to do it. It just seems like there's not much peace anymore in the lives of God's people. So how are we going to get to the place of peace? You're going to go through the old gate. We've got to build that gate up so that you and I can enter in into this old gate so that we might find the peace of God. We might find the place of God. But then thirdly, I noticed today what takes place in the temple is the very presence of God. Why would somebody go to the temple? Because they want to be in the presence of God. And I say to you, in order for you to get to that presence of God, you've got to go through the old gate. And you're going to have to repair it, amen, in order for you to get to the presence of God. Don't you want to be where God is at today? Don't you want to be exactly where He is at today? I want to be here because He is here. And I want to go where He wants me to go. And wherever He goes, I want to go, don't you? I don't ever want to be at a place where God's not. I don't want to ever be a place where God's been abandoned. I don't want to ever go to a place, friend, where God is no longer there. I want to go and He wants me to go where He's at tonight. Amen. So that you and I might find the very place and the peace and the presence of God. And how do we get there? To the old gate. The old gate. And so we find the entrance into the temple is a recognition of the old gate. Number two. I want you to notice that not only the entrance to the temple, but the old gate is the first gate to the temple. In other words, it is the oldest gate that's ever been made. There was not a, a one before it. It is the oldest of it. It, it also the, is the first gate, and so it doesn't make it the oldest, but the first gate, it makes it the strongest. There's no other gate stronger than the old gate. It's the strongest gate because it's the first gate. It's the oldest gate. It makes it the longest gate, the gate that's been there the longest. That kind of makes sense, don't it, being the old gate called the old gate? It's been there the longest. It was there the first. It was there the making it the strongest, and it makes it the oldest. And so uh, in this first gate uh, of the temple or going to the temple, we find that we're going to have to go there because it's the strongest 
Right? It's going to be uh, the longest, and we find that it's going to be where we're going to get to the place to get into that temple, get into the place of God, the peace of God, in the presence of God. We're going to have to go through the gate that's been there a long time. Amen. I would think that all of us today would have to find that through this old gate, because it's been the longest and it's been the strongest, that we could go through that gate in order to get to that place where we need to go. Number three, not only is it the first gate and the entrance into the, uh, the very temple, we find uh, that everybody that's ever been born in that area was taught about this gate. Everybody was taught about it. Everybody knows about it. And everybody walks through it. So this gate that I'm speaking of tonight, the old gate, it is the first gate. And it's the entrance into the temple. But everybody has been told from a young child about the old gate. Because that's just Judaism. That's just the way it was in Jerusalem. That's the way it was in that period of time. That's the way it was amongst those people. There wasn't a child, there wasn't anybody and everybody who didn't know about the old gate. The old gate was the gate talked about because that was the place you entered into the temple. Now thirdly, I noticed the importance of the gate. Now I want to say here that this is where the elders met at the old gate. You can read in the scripture, all through the scriptures, you'll find where the men of the city met at the gate. You'll find where it talks about the elders of the city met at the gate. Now, at the time of those days, uh, they didn't have a building or they didn't have a place they would go, except if you're going to go and do any kind of business, any kind of transaction, any kind of, for example, you remember, you remember in Ruth, whenever, whenever it was a time for, to, for uh, Ruth to be, to be uh, received, Remember on Naomi and, uh, and, and Ruth, and we find that Mordecai, and uh, she was going to be bought by Boaz. Where did they have to go? They had to go to the gate, right? That's where he went there to the gate. Everybody was there. He told them all about it, and, and boom. Uh, that's what happens in, in Proverbs chapter 31, where it talks about the, the virtuous woman where her husband was was at the gate. We'll find all through the Bible that they went to the gate and that the old gate was the gate where the business of the city was taken care of. It was at the old gate wherever there was some legal action or legal, to, legal times of to take care of some things legally. It was at the gate when people had some questions about the, the Torah or about the Bible or about the things that's happening with God. It was at the gate. And so the old gate was the gate where truth was demonstrated, where facts were given. It was the old gate where there was just an assurance that whatever happened at the old gate will last. So kind of keep this in mind because I'm trying to make a point with this old gate. And so the old gate entrance into the temple. The old gate was the first gate. Everybody knew about it, taught about it, went through it. And it was the important gate. So we find that it was where plans were made and where truth was given and where problems were resolved was at this gate. This gate is recognized as the old ways of God. You ever heard those terms? The old ways of God. This is what this gate represents. The old ways of God. 
Number two, this also this gate represents the old paths of God. The old paths of God. Number three, this gate would represent or be recognized as the old landmarks of God. And so when we talk about the old gate, what we're recognizing today is this. It's just the old ways of God. Just how God is. How God's paths are and how His landmarks are. And, and if you're going to say, you ever heard terms like this, I like the good old days? What do you say? And I like the good old days. I like the outhouses. What do you say? I, I, I like no, not the running water. I like to go pump the water out of the well. I mean, what are you saying? That you got to go down into the creek and take a shower, take a bath. You like the old. You like the old days. We're not talking about that, right? I mean, when we say the good old days, we're not talking about those things where where now we have running water and we have we have like. Uh, you know, like a, a TV, and we have like a, a, a phone, and, and we have restrooms, and we have you know, all these things. We're, when we say the good old days, we're not saying all those things there is not part. We're talking about the good old days when people love people. The good old days, whenever there was kindness and, and there was love and, and there, was, there was some type of uh, unity within the community. The good old days when family loved family. The good old days when mom and daddy could get along and the brothers and sisters loved one another. The good old days, friend, when we could just spend time with each other. We don't have to go anywhere. We ain't got to do anything. We just got to be with each other. The good old days. The good old days, friend, whenever you don't can't, you can go outside and not get robbed. You can go outside and not get raped. You can go outside and somebody won't knock the fire out of you. Hey, friend, just the good old days. You ain't got to worry about your children playing out in the yard. Take your children going down to the local store. Your children going to grandma's house. You don't have to worry about that. No kidnapping going on. Uh, no, no molesting going on. The good old days, right? The good old days when everybody went to church. The good old days when mom and daddy got saved in the house of God. And then his, their children grew up in the same church. And then they went to that same church. And, and then the grandchildren go to the same church. And you got about 15, 16 families that have been generation after generation generation the good old days you know what I'm talking about that's what the old gate is representing getting back to the good old days getting back to the old ways of God getting back to the old paths of God getting back to the landmarks of God you follow me that's what the old old gate would represent today number two now I'm recognizing the old gate but I want you to notice repairing the old gate. Repairing the old gate. Not rebuilding. Not rebuilding, but repairing. That word repairing there, it means this this evening. It means strengthen. See, whenever something is need to be built, it means you're taking something out of nothing and building something. When you take something and repair it, it's always been there. You just have to repair it. You just got to strengthen it. You just got to, you ain't got to invent it. It ain't got to be something, friend, that has been new. It's old. But you're going to have to repair it. You got to strengthen it. You got to take the old paths of God and the old ways of God and the old landmarks of God and begin to, in your life, begin to repair them and strengthen them. Amen. 
You're going to have to, that word, that word repair means to cleave. Take the old ways of God and the old paths of God, begin to cleave to them. Begin to uh, recover, it means, re- repairing means to recover. And you're recovering the old ways of God, the old paths of God, uh, the old landmarks of God. You're recovering. It means to fortify. It means to take what God's already set out. Take what God's already laid down. Take what God's already set forth. And you and I don't have to reinvent it. You and I don't have to make it up. All we got to do is strengthen it, fortify it, recover it. And all you and I got to do is just take up what God's already given to us and we got to make it part of our lives. Take the old gate and repair it. Instead of trying to find something else today, we're just going to take what God's already given to us and we're going to repair that gate. That's why it's so important to repair the old gate. You're not taking something new. You're taking something old. Give me that old religion. (laughs) Give me that old black book. Give me that old salvation. Give me that old-fashioned church. Give me that old-fashioned hymn. Amen. Give me that old time. Boy, I want to go when it was revival and the Spirit of God was moving and preachers were preaching with fire and people were living like Jesus would live. Give me those days, the old days. So we find today that repairing, that's what it means that we need to do. You see, the old ways of God, the old paths of God, the old landmarks of God, they've been here forever. Amen. From the very beginning have they been here. That word old, it means forever. And so what we're saying this morning, as we got to repair our old gate, we're saying to go way back. It's already been here. We just got to repair it because it's been here forever. And I'll tell you something else about the old gate. It's not going away. You can't get rid of it. It's not going to crumble. It's not going to fall. It's not going to cease. The old gate will always be the old gate and the old paths of God and the old ways of God and the old landmarks of God. They will not ever be taken away. They'll never ever cease to be. They'll always be there. What you and I got to do, we got to go back there and we got to begin to repair, repair our gates and build it back up so that you and I can say, listen, this is what God wants us to be. Old gate, old gate. As I look at the old gate, I notice a few things about it that we need. Can I say number one? Uh, we need we what we don't need. We don't need new. We don't need new. If you're looking for something new this evening, you're looking for the wrong thing. If you're looking for something today that's like a new Bible. The King James Version Bible uh, is not enough for you or it's not the Bible for you or it's not you can't understand it or there's something about it today that you have an issue or problem with and you're looking for a new Bible. That, that's not mm-hmm. the old gate. You, you, don't, you don't need nothing new. Amen? In order for us to get revival, we don't need something new. And we're always trying to find new. But you're not going to need anything new to be revived. All you got to do is repair the old gate and go back into the old ways of God. That's what you need. We don't need new. We need old. And we find that I don't need a new Bible. We don't need new worship. 
We don't need somebody to come teach us how to worship. Uh, we don't need no man uh, to be able to tell us that what we need to worship. We don't need any uh, musical instruments that we don't have, or we don't need any new musical uh, uh, people, or, or we don't need uh, new songbooks. Uh, we don't need new songs. Uh, we don't need none of those things to worship. Amen. We've got what we need to worship. We just got to build it up. Go back. I'm just trying to say, folks, we got everything we need to have revival. We just got to build, up, build it up. We don't need new Bibles. We don't need new worship. We don't need new songs. We don't need new preacher. We don't need new people. Uh, we don't need uh, uh, new lifestyles. We don't need to live different. We don't need to do different. We just need to go back to the old, amen? We need to go back to the old paths and go back to the old ways and go back to the old landmarks and rebuild that up, strengthen that up, fortify it, recover from it, friend. Listen, if we're going to try to find something new, friend, we'll be just like the other church down the road. If we're going to find something new today, we'll be just like the rest of them out there. Friend, we'll find something new today. You'll be as dead as a hammer and cold as ice, amen? Listen, friend, there is nothing in there that can help us what we need tonight is old Amen. I know people don't like old people don't like old people people don't like old things people call me archaic all the time people don't like the old preaching of God's word anymore people don't like anything spoken of of the Bible people don't like anything old everybody's trying to cut off the old everybody's trying to detach from the old everybody's trying to remove from the old everybody say we're moving on man we're progressing on we're getting over there on the other side this old stuff's got to go but I'm telling you friend it will never go we got to rebuild it, or re, not repair it. We got to come to the place in our lives and hearts that we're going to say, I want the old. I don't want nothing new. <laughs> you don't need a new wife. You need to build up your old. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> you don't need new children. You just need to build up the old. You don't need nothing new. You just need old. God, help us today. Help us to see this old. We don't need the new. Number two, I notice that we don't need to look for the new. Now turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I want you to notice about these people that Paul identified. It's pretty interesting uh, that we see this today. In Acts chapter 17, and look at verse 21. Acts chapter 17 and verse 21 talk about we don't need to look for new. We don't need new, but we don't need to look for new either. The Bible says there in verse 21, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else. Now listen to this. But either to tell or to hear some new thing. Think, listen to what it goes on to say. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar of this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. And so what Paul was saying to the, the Athens people, he's saying, man, y'all spend all your time and talk all your talking and everything you say in conversation is looking for new. Yes. 
I mean, we, we just kind of bypass the old. We bypass what's always been. We bypass what's been here forever. And we're always spending our time. We're always spending conversation. We're looking on the internet. We're looking on Google. We're looking in books. We're looking in people. We're going to colleges. We're looking at rich people. We're looking at smart people trying to find something new in our lives so that we might be able to be different or we might be able to be happy or we might be able to be settled or we might be able to be content. I'm looking for something new in our lives and God said nothing's out there going to be new nothing out there is going to help you what you're going to need is old and Paul said as he goes to Mars Hill he said y'all are worshiping an unknown God and that God that you're not that you're worshiping that you don't know is the God of gods he's the God of old he's the old God he's the only God he's the true and living God and you don't even know And you know why you don't know? Because you're looking for new. You need to find the old. And so we find uh, this evening, dear church, that we can't get caught up in this generation of of wanting to find something new. Uh, There's a lot of people who come to our church and they say, y'all old-fashioned, as it's of a negative. And I said, I'm old-fashioned on purpose. I mean, I do this on purpose. I get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be old-fashioned on purpose. And you come to our church and say it's old-fashioned. Friend, that ain't a negative to me. That's a positive. That's a praise into my ears, amen. And when you walk out there and say, well, y'all just really too old-fashioned. Really, I'm going to tell you something, friend. Uh, they'll never get with God. God ain't in the new. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. What they need is old. What they need, friend, has been here forever. What they need is something that's been here ancient. And friend, that's what we need tonight in order for revival to break out into our hearts, our homes, and the house of God. We've got to come to the place where we stop looking for new. We start beginning to look to new and say, listen, I don't want new. I'm not looking for new. I don't care about new. I puke on new. I need to rebuild the old. I need to go back and get hold of the old. I need to get back to the landmarks in the past and I need to begin to fortify them. I need to begin to strengthen them. That's where God is at. That's where you find the peace of God. That's where you find the place of God. That's where you find the presence of God. It's going through that gate that's old and not new. That's where, friend, you'll find the entrance that's old, that's strong, that's long. Hey, friend, you'll find today that's where your life will count for God. That's where your marriage will come together. That's where your parenting will be right. That's where God will take you. You become a good steward of all that He has, friend. You'll be happy, content, and satisfied, and you'll go to your grave with a smile on your face and joy in your heart and a step in your feet for Christ. It's the old gate. Stop looking for new. And I know younger people are bad about looking for new because we're old fogies. We're, you know, we're, we're so ancient around here. I mean, we got people 78 years old. Dear God, that's pretty old. I mean, you know, we, we got old people out here. And Brother Larry, you know, he's only 61 years old, but he preaches like he's 85. You know, the old King James Bible, man, we got past that a long time ago. And boy, we come in here and he wants to sing all, he wants to sing is, is the old hymns on the book here. And he said, he'll die, he'll die. You know, there's, there's all kinds of choices in life, isn't there? And I would say to you, you've got to make a choice on what hill you're going to die on. Right? 
This is the hill I'm going to die on. We're going to sing the old hymns until I die on that hill. We'll, we'll preach out of the King James Bible as long as I'm here and I die on that hill. We're going to have old-fashioned services for Christ right here at this church until I die on that hill. I'm just saying, friend, a lot of us are going to die on so many other different hills, but I'm making a choice on my hill, and this is it, friend. We're going to live for the old and not for the new. You want to come in here, and you want to come in here and say, Brother, we need to change you up a little bit. I had somebody tell me that not too long ago. They said, Well, you need to change, your, uh, need to change up your singing a little bit because you're too old-fashioned. Yeah. I said, What am I singing going to do? He said, Well, we can bring in a lot more people, you know, if you start, bringing, start singing a little contemporary and, and you get a little jive in your music and, and making people feel, you know, just a little bit better. It's not always about, about what you sing about all the time. And I said, No, thank you. No, thank you. And I, I said, I, I'm not welcome to that, and you're not even welcome here for that. I'm just saying that that's not going to be around here. It's going to be the old, amen? You say, why, why the old? Because that's where the place of God is at. That's where the peace of God is at. That's where the presence of God is at. It's in the old. You say, brother, you think there can be, God can be in some new? I, I don't know about all that, but I know what he's in. He's in the old gate. I know that. You say, well, you think there could be a new song wrote where God's in it? It could be. It might be. I don't know, but I do know where he's at. He's in the old. So why would I fool around with something that I don't know and just stay with something I do know? The old. The old game. So we, we don't need the new. We don't need to look for the new. It's the old. We find here, friend, that uh, we don't need to remove the old and replace it with new. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs 22 and verse 28. I know probably some of y'all are going to say, he don't have a Bible verse for that. Man, I do got one. Thank you, Lord, for Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28. The Bible says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Now that word remove means to depart or to turn away. And what God is saying to his people is don't depart and don't turn away from the old landmarks. Do not do that. Is that what it's saying? Yes, it's saying that. Remove, not. Number two, the word ancient there, it means the vanishing point or it means the time out of mind. Ancient meaning old. And talking about things that seem to be vanishing point of, hey, that back there happened back then or out of your mind. Like we all can know what happened yesterday or we can know what happened this morning. But when we start talking about happenings maybe six months ago, uh, man, it kind of is out of our mind. That's that same kind of word, word ancient. And what he's saying is, is don't depart and don't turn away from that which is ancient. And then he says this. Boy, this is good. He says, once he makes that, he says, from what? From landmarks. What's the landmark mean? The landmark means boundaries, limits, and this is what it's talking about. Back then in those days, they would take big old stones. And in the fields where they plowed or the fields where they worked, how would they determine whose land is what land? Well, they would take these stones and they'd put these stones right on that boundary, on that limit. 
And it would tell that farmer that when you come up to the stone, that's it. No longer is more you. It's mine on this side. And it tells this farmer, this is as far as you're going to go. And the Bible's teaching us in a spiritual sense to you and I not to remove, not to depart from, uh, not to get away from, not to turn from those ancient old landmarks, those limits, those boundaries. You remember that when you got saved. Remember when the Holy Ghost of God gave you limits and gave you boundaries. You remember when the Holy Ghost of God said you can say that. You can't say that. You can go there, but you can't go there. You can do that, but you can't do that. Amen. He's saying us don't remove uh, from those landmarks that God has said has boundaries in our lives. Yes. God, we need to build our old gate up. Amen. We've crossed boundaries we shouldn't have crossed. We went over limits that we shouldn't have went. For I know, Lord, that it's not the way I should be living, and I'm living that way. I know I shouldn't have the attitude I have, but I got it. I know the spirit that's within me is not the spirit that God would have me to have. Oh, I know my mouth is out of control. I know my anger needs some help. Boundaries, limits. Don't remove those landmarks. Amen. Don't remove them. That's what he's talking about. So let's not replace the old gate with the new gate. Let's repair it. Let's repair it. I want you to notice Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 10. The Bible says, Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Sort of the same thought, same word meaning. What he's trying to say here is this, is don't remove the old for the new. And don't remove the old for the self. How many a times the reason why we remove these landmarks, these boundaries, these limits, is because of us. Because we don't want to live that way no more. We don't want to keep those boundaries no more. We don't want to keep those limits no more. We want to live on the edge. We want to live as close to hell as we can. We want to get as close to sin as we can. We want to be close to wrong with God as we can. We don't be completely wrong with God. We don't want to be completely disobedient to the Lord, but we sure run up to the edge of it. He said, don't remove it. That's what he's talking about. So we find that we don't need to replace the old with the new. I notice here we need to repair what has already been given to us. Amen? Number two, number four, we need to remember not the old and forsake it. We need to remember the old and not forsake it. Turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 32 with me. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I'll close right here with this thought and then we'll pick it up on Sunday of next week. I'm going to read verses 1 through 15 here this evening, make a few comments, and then we'll close. We need to remember the old and not forsake it. He says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Now God is summoning all of heaven and all of earth. He's about to say something that heaven and earth needs to hear. My doctrine 
shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the the grass. Because I publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness under our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is He. That's my God. How about you? They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of His children. They are perverse and crooked generation. He's talking about His people. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not He thy Father that hath bought thee? Hath He not made thee and established thee? Verse 7, Remember the days of old. Isn't that good? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided the nations, their inhabitants, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Listen to this. He found them, found them in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led them about. He instructed him. He kept them as the apple of his eye, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. He made, he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock. Butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the bread of Bashan and goats with the fat of the kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. And Jeshurun, Israel, waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which had made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. You know what God's saying to you and I today? We got to remember of the days of old. And if we don't remember the days of old, we're going to find ourselves like Yeshurun. And what is about Yeshurun? Well, Yeshurun was so blessed with God and Yeshurun was so uh, given by the goodness of God that they became fat. That's how you get fat. You eat too much. Right? I mean, that's pretty simple. You're taking on too many calories. You got too much coming in and not enough going out. Right? So, friend, it's not, it's not, we're not dumb about how to get fat. But here's how they got fat. They got fat because all of God did, He gave them the best. That list right there that He's talking about, that's the best. A Bashan and the pure blood. God didn't give children of Israel anything second. He didn't give them anything that wasn't perfect. He didn't give them anything that wasn't pure. He didn't give them anything that was top notch. He gave them the best. He gave them everything he had. And all of what he gave was the best and the greatest of all that God could offer. And what did the children of Israel do? They got fat and waxen fat. And they began to lightly esteem God. And God said, You know what your problem was? You didn't remember the days of old. 
And what happens to the church today is we get fat on God's blessings. We get to waxing fat because God's been good to us. We've been through a limited of troubles in life. We find ourselves not in very many valleys. We find ourselves living sometimes a lot on the mountaintops. Many times we don't get sick and our children don't get sick and we have money in the bank in our pocket. We have food on our table. We have have things in our home. We got cars. We got gas. We got everything that we all need. We got closets full. We got garages full. We got second houses and third houses. We've got a lot of things today that God has given us. And next thing you know, we start getting fat. Next thing you know, we're getting lightly esteeming God. And next thing you know, our gate is broken. Our gate is down. And God said this evening as I close, can I challenge Glory Baptist Church as God's been good to us. God has blessed us. God has given us all that we've asked and all that we could ask more than we can ask. Can we not wax fat? And can we not come to the place where we lightly esteem the Lord but can we go back to the old and can we begin to repair our old gate so that we remember the old times and get back to there get back get back to where we really are living for God you know it's a, it's a crazy thought but this is the truth when Christianity expands it's when Christianity is in persecution Do you know where the most of everything that grows is in the valley? You know what hardly ever grows is on the mountaintop. And us, we want to live on the mountaintop. We don't like valleys. We don't like storms. We don't like pain and hurt and trouble. Man, we want to go where it's nice. We want to go where the sun is shining. We want to go, friend, where everything's okay. Man, may it just be tonight that we'll just make some choice that I'm going to go back to the old, the old ways, the old past, the old landmarks, those boundaries and limits that I had, and I'm going to start strengthening, start fortifying. I'm going to start putting together my life according to the old. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'll preach this. I'll finish it next Sunday if you don't mind. God, help your church today. Help your church today, Lord. See that we don't need something new. We need something old. We need the old past, the old way, the old landmarks. We need to build them up. God, help today. Give us help. If you need to come pray, you come this evening. Maybe you've let down this old you've been looking for new you've been trying to figure it out what can I do new you've been all over the internet been all over Google you've been trying to find books you've been trying to look everywhere ask friends and neighbors and family members how can I make my marriage better how can I do parenting better how can I live my life better 
How can I get out of drugs? How can I get out of lying and out of bitterness? How can I make my life more beneficial and have more value? You're asking the wrong people. The right answer to that is this. Go back to the old. Go back to the old. Go back to the old book. Go back to the old timey religion. Go back. Build up your old gate. Stop wasting your time on new. Let's just be an old-fashioned Bible believer singing the old-fashioned hymns, preaching the old-fashioned gospel, living the old-fashioned Christian life for an old-fashioned God, the old ancient. Daniel called him the ancient, Daniel chapter 4 and 7. You sing, Brother George, would you come? Would you come? Lay down the new, take up the old. Rather than laying down the old and taking up the new. That won't get you nowhere. That'll find you in hot water. Get back to the old. The old ways of God. The old-fashioned prayer. The old-fashioned Bible reading. The old-fashioned time. With your family in prayer and reading your Bibles. Old-fashioned loving each other. Old-fashioned being kind-hearted, tender-hearted. Old-fashioned being honest and having integrity and character. Old-fashioned. God, make us old-fashioned. God, help us to build up our old gate. It's been too long. Been too long. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Oh, revival would come if we can just build our, rebuild our, repair our old gate. Just repair it. Not take something new and build, but take something old and repair. One more verse, brother. One more verse. Somebody needs to come. Let's come. Boy, just time to give up your life for God. It's time to lay down. I don't know how much struggling you're going to go through. I mean, more difficult days, unsettled times. You know you're not happy. It's amazing to me. God can do a whole lot more than what He's doing. If you just let him do it, he can give you a better job. He can give you more money. He can give you better health. He'll give you more of a hope, a vision. He'll bring love and compassion in your life. All those things, the Bible says, he'll give you the desires of his heart, of your heart. That's my God. He says, you ask anything in my name, you shall receive it. That's my God. That's your God. Oh, why would you stop God? Why would you live without the Lord today? Life is so much sweeter. 
so much greater. Well, amen. I'm going to tell you, Merry Christmas. May have a wonderful, wonderful time. I pray you have great times with your family. Enjoy them. I was thinking about Debbie's dad. And uh, last Christmas, we, we said this could be his last Christmas. And uh, sure enough, it is. I'm just saying, moving forward, just cherish whom you have to have spent Christmas with. Because next year you may not. So, amen. Brother Charles, will you dismiss us here tonight? Angels we have.